Hello, you're listening to Someday. My name is Charles and this is Samir. Hello. Yeah, we've got an interesting one today, Charles, don't we? Yeah, this one gets a little bit controversial. We're speaking to a man who has a goal to one day be the leader of the Labour Party. His name is Hugh Vickery. This is a party you agree with mostly, right? Uh, you could probably say that, yeah. I assume you could pretty much say I do agree with most of their views. However, in my opinion, there is a controversial past in the Labour Party. And that's why I said it gets a little bit controversial. The conversation gets a little bit heated between you and you. You, when you start talking about a specific Labour Party member. Yeah, the war criminal. <laughs> and with that, I think we shouldn't waste any more time and get right into it. Hey, this is GM the Life Coach, and you listen to Someday. All right. Our guest today is passionate about politics and dreams of one day becoming the leader of the Labour Party. It's your future Prime Minister, Hugh Vickery. Thank you very much. <laughs> Hello. Thank you so much for joining us, man. It's good to have you on. Thanks for having me. Um, so, actually, just starting off, just to get people to have an idea of who you are, um, what? Because so we we find you on TikTok and you post a lot of content linked to to politics. What interested you in politics in the the first place? Well, I first started getting into politics around the twenty fifteen election. So what? I was eleven then. I sort of was into it on and off. Because I think like most kids and teenagers, you find it boring, but mm. it is important. I really started getting into it after the um, 2017 election where and sort of on after that, I've looked to expand my knowledge on it and how politics affects people. Even things that don't seem political are are just in politics. It's such an important part of our lives. And I get people find it boring because it is a lot of the time, but it is also very important. Mm. What do you think? Because I think I agree with you, a lot of young people. So I, I, am, I also am a teacher as well. So I, I do with a lot of young people all the time. Um, I used to teach in the UK and I found a lot of the students back there, and probably worldwide anyways, have almost no interest at all in politics. What do you think mm. could be something that could be done to, to interest young people uh, to, to just educate themselves or just be interested in some part of, of politics? I think it should be offered as a GCSE subject mm. because I don't even think it is a GCSE subject by any exam board, which I just think is ridiculous. Do you, do you think it should be like compulsory? No, I don't think it should be compulsory because I think there's a lot of things that should be compulsory, but I think a GCSE subject at least because you get to... Because you have to take m- multiple subjects more than you do at A level, and if it, if you take it, then you might get interested in it over those two, over the two year course. I think it should be a GCSE subject, but uh, it isn't at the moment. I I think schools can do more to get involved with politics. I think yeah, I, I think there needs to be regular discussion around politics in things like assemblies or anything, but. Yeah. It, it, it's difficult politics because a lot of people just don't want to get into it. But I feel like if you start offering it as a subject at a younger age, at the 14, 15 year old mark, rather than the 16, 17 year old, then you get a lot more people, a lot more teenagers, teenagers get interested in it. 
Yeah, I think I think definitely have conversations. Uh, at least in like tutor time, having conversations like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would engage them a little bit more. Um, yeah. Um. So obviously, uh, most recently, at the time of recording this episode, one of the big news piece of news to come out from the UK in particular was um, the UK getting some sort of deal with the EU. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on that that Brexit deal? Well. I, th- I think just leaving the EU in the first place, it's it, it it doesn't make sense for the country. And I think that's even before a global pandemic and a massive recession. I mean, we're just economically better off inside the EU. But look, we, we left, we had the general election last year, uh, two years ago now, 2019 to leave. Uh, the deal is... It's thin. It lacks a lot of. It lacks in a lot of areas. It's not going to be economically better for Britain. But it, it's better than no deal. But that doesn't mean it's a great deal. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like uh, we're going in the right direction now, though? <sighs> that, that's a difficult question because we've only been been out, officially out of the EU for two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, 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 it's. I think Jacob Rees-Mogg said we wouldn't actually feel the effects of being outside the EU for another 50 years. So <laughs> we'll see if we're on the right track. I, I want what's best for Britain. Uh, I think anybody does. For me, that's being inside the EU, but we're not. And I think it's, it's all about forging our best future outside the EU now. Can I just say, on the back of that part, the main reason we chose to get Hugh on is to encourage any of our younger viewers to educate themselves more on politics. Don't get me wrong, I get it. Politics is boring, okay? But politics affects your everyday life. Politics is the reason you get the healthcare you receive when you are ill or injured. Politics is the reason why some countries have dealt well with the pandemic and others did not. Politics is what determines whether or not you get to travel to school for free or if there are any activities available in your local area. Politics affects how much money you or your parents may have in the bank. So whether it's boring or not, this is important. That was well said. Uh, It's great to see someone like Hugh at his age using social media to bring awareness to political issues. Yeah, um, let's get into that next part now where we actually quiz Hugh on his views on the Labour leaders. Uh, See that smile on your face right now? Yeah, this is actually my uh, favourite part. Smen, he mostly agree, but completely disagree on one of these leaders. Let's have a listen. It's Krusty Kerr, man. You're listening to the Someday Podcast, the best podcast in the game. Um, so, obviously, uh, on your TikTok page, you show a lot of support for the Labour Party. Yes. You're a, a member of the Labour Party, right? Yes, I am, yes. So uh, I thought I'd get your opinion on some of Labour's leaders uh, yeah. o- over the time. Uh, I already know your answer to the first one. Um, we'll start off with the most recent leader, Keir Starmer. What do you think of Keir Starmer? I, I think Keir Starmer is what the Labour Party needs. It's just come off the worst election defeat since 1935. I think you need sort of a calming presence, 
somebody who can attract support from both sides of the party, the more centre Labour Party members and the more left-wing ones. I think I see Keir Starmer as being in the middle of that. I, I think that I'm, I'm a fan of Keir Starmer because I think that he's very forensic, he's very calm, he's very collected. I think he looks exactly like a politician. I think his experience as a lawyer and as head of the CPS is, of course, helping him uh, uh, in politics. But I think he's the right man to take the party forward for the moment. Go ahead, Charles. And what do you think about Jeremy Corbyn? Corbyn's a difficult one because I did support him in 2017 and I supported him in 2019. I'd say Corbyn's the reason that I properly got into politics during the 2017 election. I think what, what, what Corbyn's done is he has definitely signalled a shift away from Tony Blair and the Labour Party has definitely gone more left-wing. And I think Keir, the leaders for, for years to come won't be able to go back to sort of third-way policies. They will have to incorporate a lot of Corbyn's policies. And we've actually seen that from the few policies that La the Labour Party's come out with this year. A lot of them are building on from the 2019 manifesto. But I, I supported Corbyn in 2017. I supported him in 2019. I wish he was Prime Minister, but he isn't. How about um, another uh, leader who didn't quite... Uh get the job done either. Ed Miliband, what do you mean him? Ed Miliband, I think, you know, I, I think, because a lot of people have seen him when he's come back to the front bench recently as the shadow business secretary, I think people have been very supportive of him because he's looked come across very well when he's spoken in the mm. Commons, yeah. when he's been on things like Andrew Marr. And people are saying, like, this is massive character development and growth. But the thing is, I thought he was actually a good leader of the opposition. I thought him and Cameron, they had some excellent battles in PMQs in Parliament. But I, I like Ed Miliband. Uh, I, I would maybe like to see him as leader again one day, but I don't think that would happen. I don't know, for me, I, I remember the, the Ed Miliband, David Cameron stuff. Uh, for me personally, I, I was never a fan of Ed Miliband. I feel like he's just someone... Yeah. I don't know, he comes across as someone you just can't trust. Yeah, I see. What, I mean, I suppose the way he stabbed his brother and get the leadership. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Some, someone else who uh, Samir isn't a big fan of. Uh, what's your opinion on Tony Blair? <laughs> Tony Blair's a very difficult one, I think, for anybody to talk about. As in, like, on the one hand, he won three elections. He brought in some excellent policies brought in things like Shawsart centres, record funding to the NHS, really pushed forward, really made Britain into a 21st century nation. Then on the other hand, you've got things like the Iraq war, which you can't ignore. You've got, he was the most right-wing Labour leader. He did bring in some privatisation to the NHS. So it, it, it's a very conflicting one. I think, I think he was objectively a good prime minister especially for Britain, all that he achieved. I think especially in his first term. But everybody's opinion is different. Samir, so, what's your opinion? <laughs> his, his, I, his first term I, was when he, uh, he introduced the... Uh, it was... Did he lower the fee of, edu of university or did he make it free? I th I, no, didn't he bring in tuition fees? I can't remember. I feel like he... 
I think he did. I think he did bring in tuition fees. But at the same time, he made education much more accessible to everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of Tony Blair. Uh, yeah. I, I still... And why people are. I also think why people are a fan of him. Yeah, he's, he's a war criminal. Yeah, yeah I, I won't deny that. But I think you, you have to say that for every prime minister this country's had. You know? So, I mean, because the thing is with me, like with Tony Blair, when he wanted to do what he wanted to do in Iraq with, with Bush, like a huge percent of the country were completely against it and they just ignored it. I don't know any other yeah. than that. Well, the thing is, Iraq wasn't actually controversial when we went into Iraq. It was, of course, afterwards when we all discovered that the weapons of bad destruction was a complete lie. But there was, there was a huge protest at, um, in London. Controversial, but it was accepted by who <laughs> in 2003 it was by who the, the the british public who protested yeah well there were protests but protests don't account for the whole population it was one of the biggest protests seen at that time in the history of at least the uk mm-hmm. i don't know I, I can't it was definitely very controversial like I think a large portion of the UK, obviously there was no referendum behind it, but a large portion of the UK were definitely against this. And even after it was found that there were no actual weapons in Iraq, they were even yeah. angry. I don't know, I just, I just feel Tony Blair did a complete disservice. Now, just, I, I wonder if, had he not done what he did back then, would we have had far less terrorist attacks going in the world right now? Probably. Most likely. I mean, all Western intervention has done in the Middle East has made the situation far worse and just yeah. encouraged Islamic extremists. Yeah. I, yeah. The, the thing is, I suppose the only redeeming factor when you talk about Iraq and Tony Blair is we would have gone into Iraq regardless who was in charge of the country at the time. You had the conservative opposition, they all supported the Iraq war. You had the Labour Party, 300 of the MPs, over 300 supported it. Regardless of who was in power, we would have gone into Iraq. Yeah, yeah. Well, All right. Tony Blair. Tony Blair was definitely a bit before my time, and I can tell he's a controver- controversial subject. Yeah. at the very least. Definitely, <laughs> maybe one of the most controversial uh, Labour Labour leaders of like the last couple of decades, maybe. Oh, I yeah, definitely, definitely. Man, that was getting heated. Uh, one thing I do want to add though and I want to thank you so much for getting involved in this conversation Um, but that part of the conversation in particular I think is an example of how to talk about politics Hugh and I clearly don't agree on our views of Tony Blair but we share our thoughts with each other in a respectful way (laughs) yeah exactly there doesn't need to be a winner of these debates oh no 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 no. don't get me wrong I won the debate don't worry about that one I won obviously Right. I don't know. He made some good points. I, it's okay. He did. Yeah, it's fine. You can make a good point. You can still lose. Yeah, I, I want that. I want. It. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Hugh, I'm happy to have you on again in the future. We can debate again. Uh, I, I did enjoy the conversation, um, and I, I think a lot of our listeners will find it really educational to hear um, about Tony Blair and our opinions on Tony Blair, because there is a lot to say. There is a controversial past there. Uh, and it's a conversation I think worth having because hey, many do feel like it, what happened back then 
has been a huge result in how the world is right now. Um, but all right, let's get into the next part where we ask Hugh about what is the most concerning issue we're facing right now. This is BCK, and you're listening to Someday. All right. Um, now, obviously, right now, the UK's biggest issue is dealing with this pandemic. But what yeah. would you say is, apart from that, what would you say is a big issue the UK is facing right now? I would probably say, I put the, I put the biggest world issue at climate change. I think climate change has come such a massive issue. But I'd say if we're talking about the UK specifically, I would say the rise, rising wealth inequality, the continuing rising wealth gap. Yeah, agreed, agreed. What do you think they need to do about that? I mean, I, I think things like, I think key industries should come back under public ownership. I really think we need, what's commonly said, redistribution of wealth. There are a lot of people in this country who have gotten a lot richer over the past 10 years who can afford to pay a bit more to help those who are more vulnerable, who have been made poor over the last 10 years. There's a lot this country can do, nationalise key industries, start investing, especially in places like education in our schools, start investing back uh, into local communities, start investing in, I'd, I'd say climate change comes this well, one of the policies I love from the Labour Party is the idea of a green industrial revolution, creating, uh, I think, about 400,000 green jobs by investing in renewable energy. I think that's something this country has to pursue in the near future. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um, you want to say something, Charles? Uh, oh. No, I just, uh, it's, I think that's good, but like... Uh... Uh, for, for me, I just don't see that there's um, a lot of people who are focusing on, um, like, climate change, to be honest. Maybe maybe it's just, like, my perspective, but I just don't see people think it's important enough. And I think that's actually a massive problem, because it is a massive problem, and it's a massive issue. Mm. But I, I agree, I don't think enough people see it as big as it actually is. Is, is there anything that could be, like, done to, like... I feel like you've kind of like said this before, but like, is there some way you can just like get um, younger people into it? I, I I think you see younger people are actually well, not necessarily being in politics, seem to always be interested in the environment. At least what I know, people. I think there needs to be far more attention thrown to it, and I think the way you start is you start seeing governments taking it seriously. And I think that will eventually get people properly talking about climate change. Yeah, I also think with climate change, it's not an individual kind of issue. So it's not really about targeting young people. No, no, no. I, I, I think, you know... Organisations that need to make changes, which will actually have a yeah. impact. Yeah. Okay, so, um, of course, you, you said over your TikTok that one day you would like to be a Prime Minister. Yeah. What would be your biggest priority then uh, if you were Prime Minister? My biggest priority would be to renationalise the rail because I think it just, it, it privatising the rail has been awful for the rail service to start with. It's made it a lot less efficient and a lot worse. And I think it, it may, 
it just makes sense to renationalise it. It's far cheaper for people to use the rail when it's if it's renationalised. I mean, you look at average cost of tickets in countries like France and Germany, where they have nationalised rail services. It's so much cheaper. I think for a for, for Bristol to London here, a return ticket I think is about one hundred and fifty pounds on the train which is just ridiculous. You compare a similar journey in France or it's 17 euros. <laughs> <laughs> for, um, for our younger audience, when you say renationalise, what do you mean? I mean, bring the rail service back into public ownership, bring it back into the government running it rather than private companies. Which means private companies can't decide that the, the prices. Yeah. Yeah. You need to talk about the environment, Charles. So I think that you need to pick up the bottles and you put them in recycling. I I feel like you need to you need to you need to be green. Is my opinion on recycling, on on, on the environment actually. What, what's your opinion on it? Um, I think, and I said this in that clip already, I think it's, uh, the environment is an issue that individuals can't really fix. This is a, this is a big organisation thing. Um, I've read somewhere before that actually the, the impact that individuals have is not much at all. Even as a collective, it's not much at all. The real change needs to come from big businesses. You know, you look at supermarkets, first of all, how much plastic packaging there is in supermarkets um, to, to even ca cafes or coffee shops and restaurants. The amount of plastic used in these businesses needs to be changed, you know? I mean, I mean, there is change happening though, right? It, it is happening, it is happening, but we need, we need more of it, of course. I'm not complaining about that. There is change happening. I think the UK is doing something. Um, and by something... Uh, They've provided us the, the recycling bins to recycle. This is a conservative government. When they do something, it means below the bare minimum, which is exactly what they're doing. Their something is below the bare minimum. Um, Zara Sultana, fantastic MP for Coventry South, um, mentioned they are decades behind the UK's plan for saving the environment. Decades. Yeah, but you can see Boris Johnson, by the way, taking real good care of the environment by buying that private jet. Good job, man. All right, so this episode was recorded in January this year, as mentioned before, and this next part is referring to the London mayor elections that just happened. So at the time of recording, the election was still months away, um, and we didn't actually know what was going to happen at the end of it. Let's check it out. Hi, my name is Hugh, and you're listening to Someday. Um, I'm not sure if you've seen this, but like personally, on the um, when I'm just going on social media, I will see like a bunch of stuff, like um, negative um, adverts about um, Sadiq Khan. <laughs> do you? And my question really is, is like, why do you think it is that Sadiq Khan's being portrayed so negatively in the media? Well, it's, it's a strange one because he's portrayed very negatively in the media, but amongst the electorate, he's actually still very popular. I mean, you look at the latest opinion polls for the 
uh, London mayor election come out and Sadiq Khan is about a 30 point lead over his conservative opponent, Sean Bailey. I think, I, well, I, 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 I think it's, you'd really only look at it as the fact that he is Muslim. I, I really don't see any other reason the media is having such a go at him. As the main thing they use is look at crime in London. Yeah. But crime in London has risen at a lower rate than the rest of the country. So I, I would say it is right-wing media having a racial bias against Sadiq Khan. Hmm. Speaking of that, um, so there was a huge... When Jeremy Corbyn was the leader of the party, there was this huge deal from the media um, where he would do any interview and he's consistently asked to apologise for the anti-Semitism, yeah. which, is, which is right, he should be. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I'm wondering why is it? So why do you think at the same time, uh, on the other end, someone like Boris Johnson was barely ever asked uh, to address his own comments that were Islamophobic and racist on like many yeah. well, I, the same issue. I've, I've always I always say that it, when you're talking about in context of anti-Semitism in the Labour Party, it is not a valid argument to go. But in the Conservative Party, this, but Boris Johnson said yeah, this. Yeah. I think. The Labour Party has to have real discussions and, and implement the, re the recommendations from the report to do with anti-Semitism. Yeah. But I think the problem, why you don't see the media asking Boris Johnson to apply for comments he's made about black people, about Muslims, about, about gay people, is the fact that this, the media in this country is controlled by billionaires who want the Conservative Party to win. It's controlled by Rupert Murdoch, The Sun, the largest newspaper in this country. It's controlled by things like the Daily Mail, by the Telegraph. Those are the biggest newspapers in this country, all controlled by billionaires. I mean, I think even uh, what was it? I think a European court issued a warning about our media and about freedom of press in this country because it is so heavily controlled by an elite group of people. So I'd say that's why, because... The media is controlled by a lot of very rich people who want conservative governments in charge. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Charles, it's time. Time, time for what? Charles, it's time for. Wait, 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 wait. What? It's time for the greatest game in the history of podcast games and gaming in general. It's time for this or that. What, what are you doing? I just wanted to be the one. To My bit. Well, next time get to it faster. Which Let's check this one out. Hey, yo, this is Mike Righteous. Right now you're listening to Someday. All right. Um, I think, Hugh and Charles, it's time for what we like to call the greatest game in the history of podcast games and, and, and gaming in general. It's time for this or that. So okay. uh, <laughs> so before we started recording, I explained the rules to, to Hugh. Charles knows the rules very well, although he loses most of the time. Um, <laughs> Not most of the time. <laughs> Wait, almost, <laughs> almost all the time. Okay. <laughs> so for those who are new to this game, here's how it works. I'm going to give two topics and then I'll be stating some quotes or facts or just items that are linked to one of these two topics 
And our contestant today, Hugh and Charles, they have to guess which one of those topics it is. Today, the two topics are British or not British. And I'll be mentioning various different um, dishes, drinks, food uh, that either have an origin in the UK or outside of the UK. Okay. Uh, Charles, are you ready? I'm ready. Hugh, are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Get my notepad because I wasn't ready. Nice. <laughs> Apologies. Okay. I think it's time to start. So, the very first one. In fact, I'm going to add something this this time around. Um, if the item is not British, you can get an extra point if you can tell me which country you think it's from. Okay. All right, so the first one is tea. Oh, if you can, sorry. I oh, yeah. Uh, Hugh, if you can send a message on Instagram and Charles mentioned WhatsApp, just so okay. Hugh has answered and you confirm it out loud after. Okay, so the first one is tea. Is that British or not British? Okay. I'm, I'm assuming you're saying they like the origin yeah. place for it. Okay. Right. All right. Um, Charles, what's your answer? Not British. Not British. Okay. And Hugh, what is your answer? Not British. Okay. Um, Hugh, you didn't send me a, a country of origin. Do you just want to leave that? Oh, no, I've, I've done that now, sorry. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, so, uh, Charles, you did say, what, what is the... Uh, I said China. China, and Hugh? I said India. Okay, I can confirm that tea is not British. And tea actually uh, originates from China. Oh, damn. <laughs> Okay. When you said India, I thought for a second I might be wrong. <laughs> yeah, when you said China, I thought, yeah, that sounds, that yeah. sounds right. <laughs> okay, here comes the next one. Cauliflower cheese. Is that British or not British? I don't even know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's cauliflower with cheese everywhere. Oh, that's, that's really tough. Okay. All right. Uh, Charles, do you want to guess the country? No. Okay. All right. Well, I said Charles' answer. Charles, what's your answer? Uh, not British. Not British. And Hugh, what's your answer? But not British as well. Not British. Okay. I can confirm that cauliflower cheese is not British. Um, Where is it from? So Charles, you didn't give a guess. Hugh, what was your guess as to where you think it came from? Is Denmark as just a punt at nothing? Uh, it is from Cyprus. Really? That is very interesting. <laughs> I don't know either, yeah. Okay, here comes the next one. So the score is currently 3-2 to Charles. This is the first time, by the way, that Charles has started off with a... With a 
a lead in the game ever. <laughs> but it's good to be the first for something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's our shepherd's pie. Is that British or not British? No, 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 I changed my answer. All right, uh, Charles, where do you think uh, Shepherd's Pie comes uh, from? Brit British. British. Okay. And Hugh, how about yourself? Yeah, I've put British as well. British. Shepherd's Pie is British. Nice. Okay. All right, let me just do one of the it's confusing me. All right, next one. This is uh. Oh, you have to make them harder, man. Gordon Ramsay's favorite dish over here: beef Wellington. Is that British or not British? Was that a hint when you said Gordon Ramsay's? Um, could be a hint, or I might be misleading you. Wellington. Okay, Charles, I don't know if your answer or no? No. Okay. okay, Charles, what's your answer? I said not British. Not British, and Hugh, what's your answer? Not British. Not British. Uh, I can confirm that Beef Wellington is not British. Oh, where is it from actually? Where is it from? Now, Charles, you didn't give a guess. However, Hugh, I believe you gave a guess. Ah. Yeah, I've put the Netherlands. I think it's European, but I, I'm not sure. Beef Wellington is actually American. Is it really? That is. Okay, next one. We've got steak and kidney pie. That sounds British. Oh. Bacon kidney pie, yeah. Okay. Hugh, what's your answer? I've put British. Charles? I've also put British. Just... Okay. Confirm the steak and, yeah, steak and kidney pie is British. Oh, of course. Okay. This is getting quite close now. It's six fives. Pretty close. All right. Here's another one. Fish and chips. Is that British or not British? <laughs> okay. Are you talking about the combination of the two? I can't clarify anything beyond what I say here. <laughs> Alright, Charles, where's your answer? Oh, this isn't even fair. I mean, you gave an answer. Where's your answer? No. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like a really British thing, but like I know okay. that chips weren't made here. Okay, and Hugh? I thought not British well. Okay, 
Uh, I can confirm that Fish and Chips is not British. Wait, let me put my... If you want to quickly message me what you think the country of origin is... I've heard this somewhere before and I'm going to kick myself because I can't think of what country it's from, but I know it. Oh. (laughs) Well, I'm not even going to say my answer first. Oh, I'm not going to submit a country. I'm just going to kick myself afterwards. Okay. So, no, is that no, no, no guess there? No. Okay. And Charles? I said France. French? Or France? Okay. Fish and chips actually uh, originates from Portugal. Oh. Oh, of course. No, I I remember hearing that. Okay. We've We've got two more to go. Uh, the next one is Eaton Mess. You look very confident with that one. You just went straight for the answer, I feel. I don't want to feel confident, though. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, Charles, what's your answer? I said British. You said British. And you? What's your answer? I said British as well. British as well. So I can confirm that Eaton Mess is British. Yeah. What is that? It's a, it's a dessert. Mm, it's like meringue and cream and raspberries together. Some people say Eaton Mess is a good description for the current Prime Minister. As well. <laughs> uh, okay, the final one. Um, can he, okay, you can actually beat him if you get this completely correct and Charles gets it completely wrong. Okay. The score is currently 8 7. Okay. Well, now I can't get it wrong, can I? Just, <laughs> okay. <just> messed up. <laughs> interesting one. This for me was the most interesting. Minced pies. British or not British? Charles, straight into the answer. Yeah, man. Has everyone, has anyone actually had a mince pie before? Yeah. 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 Never. Never? Really? <laughs> I'll try it. <laughs> some point. Right, um, okay, does anyone want to add anything to their answer? Or are we all good? Nope. Okay. Uh, Charles, what is your answer? Mince pie? I said not. Not, not British. Okay. And Hugh, what's your answer? I said not British. Not British. Okay. I can confirm that a mince pie is not British. Where is it actually from, though? Okay, now, current like score thing. is 9-8. Hugh, if you get this right, because actually Charles hasn't given me an answer for what the country of origin is, or the place of origin is. So, uh, if you can get this right, you will draw. And it will be the first draw you've ever had. my answer. So, what is your answer? I put France. France. Okay. So I can confirm 
there isn't an exact country of origin for mince pies. Oh, well, that's just cheap. But, <laughs> <laughs> but the the area of its origin is in the Middle East. That, make, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. <laughs> okay, wow. so that's um, nine, eight. Well done, Charles. You won your... That's three of... Third game out of nine or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it for this episode of Someday. Thanks for listening and thanks to our guest, Hugh, for joining us. You can follow him at Hugh Views on TikTok. And thank you if you listen this far into the episode. If you have, DM us on Instagram at the TheAlphaRaps with the hashtag SomedayPolitics and we'll have a special surprise in store for you. This episode's inspirational quote comes from Gordon Brown, who said, when something really matters, you should never give up. Or given. Amazing. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this episode of Someday. We hope you have a great day. Why did you put on a weird accent when you said that quote? I'm confused. I just felt like that's what Gordon Brown would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> nice.